We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are talking about a fake made-up oh. saint. He's fine. And um, Catholic schools do recruit. Everybody do. knows it. The, the PIAA, though, is not based in Philly. It's in the middle of the state, right? Yeah, but I think, well... No, it's closer to Philly than it is here. It's like an hour and a half from Philly. But do you think they have here. a Philly bias? Would you be biased inherently towards the bigger part of your state population-wise? Probably. Probably. I mean, that's how like Emotep Charter and all these schools. Emotep Charter, by but the way, pummeled but, but Peter's let me, Township but let me, in the 5A title game. I know obviously St. Joe's Prep has produced a ton of NFL players like DeAndre Swift, for example. Okay. And they're a much bigger area than we are. Mm-hmm. But do they produce a lot more football players than us? I know they do basketball and the other sports. Like, it's just a numbers um, thing. Philly Philly produces pound for pound. I think Western PA still does pretty well pound for pound. But I think in sheer numbers, I think Philly still does a lot more. Like, here's two kids who have played for St. Joe's. DeAndre Swift and then Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is going to be in the NFL draft this year after being at Clemson. Here's Preston next. Hello, Preston. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, the last two callers hit it right on the nail. Uh, I grew up in Beaver County. And all across the county, uh, that program just has so much respect. Um, oh, I think it's going it's beyond never, those borders it, now. I think that they get almost nationally. But you're saying, Preston, it sounds like, I don't know if you grew up do. in Aliquippa, but it sounds like even programs that they've played and beaten up in games respect them because of what they do and, the, and maybe like the disadvantages in numbers that they have, right? Well, I'll tell you, Chris, I grew up in Ambridge, so I grew up right across the bridge. And they would we would play them – the first game of every year, and they would they just beat the hell out of us. Um, but it wasn't because they were taking anybody's players from, just from around better, the county right? or anything. They're, they're just, just better. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, look at it. They're better – for a lot of years, they were better in basketball, too. I mean, they produce great athletes. There's no other way to, to go around it. Um, and anybody that, that thinks otherwise and thinks they should move up to 5A is just – that's insane. Do you it's agree insane. with their coach that they're, they're going to have a hard time being competitive at 5A, Preston? No, I don't think they'll have a hard time being competitive. I think they'll be competitive. I don't think they're going to win a state title or anything like that. Um, but I, I think they will get somebody hurt. This is how you, like, ruin somebody's uh, promising football career, guys. Like, this, this, is, this isn't good. I this mean, is this also is a – Preston, this is also probably, you know what, another thought I had on that Thanks, injury Preston. front pony? Yeah, and thank you. I, I respect all the people in Beaver County who probably have to go up against this program who say we just respect them because we know it's legit, right? Yep. Like Beaver Falls, proud program, rival of Aliquippa many years, but I, here's what I can envision happening. You just had uh, somebody say um, that they went to the state title game and it's Aliquippa's kids playing the whole game versus teams that can field an entire offense and an entire Specialized defense. rosters, yeah. Right, exactly. Kids who, if the kids play both ways, Now, I think that happens great. at some of the big schools, too. I mean, NA's got guys that no, play O-line and D-line. Your best kids tend to play both ways because they're good enough to, right? Yep. Like, that's just how you do it. But in Aliquippa, it's a necessity. So, riddle me this as, like, something that could happen. They try to put in, like, some younger kids who physically maybe aren't mature enough to really play a lot. Like, maybe in a specialized role they could get out there for a couple of plays. Instead, you got to put them out there for 15, 20 plays. 
they're not really ready. They're a year away. That's kind of how it works up there. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are, t- are Hayes as a, as a freshman. And then those are the kids who start getting hurt. Probably not your seniors, your juniors who are physically more mature, but these young kids who are supposed to be part of the next wave, learn behind these guys, wait your turn and play. They're the ones who are going to be Donnie, at risk. Donnie, when, ch- when you get a chance, pull up the 5A Whippeal playoff bracket from last year. And just with your very educated, well-researched high school football background, tell me how many of those schools you think El Equipo would finish behind year to year if they're stuck at 5A next season. Here's Jason on the fan. Hello, Jason. Hi, Jason. Uh, thank you for taking a call, gentlemen. Sure. Good show. Thank you. Now, born and raised right here in Carnegie, we're a very small single-A, double-A school. Occasionally double A, you know, Aliquippa used, used to be the same way, okay? Here's what I'll tell you. These people that are calling and saying, it's totally legitimate, they're doing everything the right way, dream on. Hmm. Tell me how much new development in housing is happening in Aliquippa, okay? How are you breeding generational talent Year after year well, after because year. Because they have for, programs. They develop these kids from the very beginning. They get great coaching. They, no, they, come on, Tony. Come on. You might look at a single-way school. You might get a, uh, you might get a, a, a player that's an elite player. You, can, you might have one or two. Well, then, on well, then Jason, where do, you think these ki- where do you think these kids are coming from then? They're, they're transferring in. From it's where, happening though? There. From where? From, from where, what though? schools? They're, they're, they're coming. It's a football powerhouse. Where are they if coming come from, though? Central Alicorpa. Valley's a big school district that's a neighboring district that has a lot of kids that have played in the NFL. Jordan Whitehead. Yes, so you're going to pull kids that are from small schools. What they're going to pull schools? those kids that come to Quippa. What small schools are they but Jason, from? don't you think you would be able to, just from word of mouth, you'd be able to give us one big-time high school guy who played in college or the pros who transferred into their program? Do you know of any by name? No, no, no! I'm asking you, though. How do you reload talent? I just tried to describe it to you, but you didn't like my answer, apparently. I said, I think that they do a great job of indoctrinating kids into football from a very young age. It's a way of life there. Wasn't the Friday Night Tyke show about them? I don't know. I'm... Yeah, they they were featured on. Like, I mean, the and first it didn't necessarily paint season. them always in like a super positive light because they have these kids hit sure. each other at a very early age. But also, as a former Carnegie resident, not that I grew up there, I like to frequent Riley's Poorhouse. It's a nice little I community. Loved, I loved Carnegie's downtown. Ro- your Roslyn Farms, your Kraft, and your Thornburg things of Let's that nature. Let's face it, Hannes Wegner is out walking through that door. <laughs> no, he is not. Carlinton usually got their asses kicked because they just sucked. Aliquippa doesn't. I'm sorry. Didn't Bill Cower play there? Yes, he did. It's a long time ago. Bill yeah, Cowher, be, beyond, beyond that, they've been one of the more irrelevant Donnie, schools. Donnie, how many yes. 5A schools are you convinced would beat Aliquippa year to year? So the, the bracket this year, Peters was the one. Uh, they ended up winning they a, the whole thing. They, they had a year for the ages, though. They're, Penn Hills is number two. They're seed. usually not that yeah, good. They so had Duggar, the kid who's going to pit. He's a beast. Pine Richland was three. Gateway was four. Moon was five. Bethel Park was six. Uh, Penn Trafford was seven. Franklin Regional was eight. So you could probably make the argument that because I think they of, beat half of those teams. Okay, but I, at that, least. that's what I was going to say. I, by size, I bet, and, and tradition, you could say probably what? Three or four, maybe five of those schools would year in, year out beat Aliquippa. I think Penn Hills is probably a team that, that would give them Penn problems. Penn Hills, They've Gateway. Got the Pine Richland probably Pine should. Richland. Should. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Gateway. No? I but, mean, like, the, the, 
Penn Hills, Pine Richland. I mean, I don't know how long this run will go for Peters Township. Moon's got a lot of hasn't kids. Hasn't Zeiss's alma mater been pretty good the last few years? Penn Trafford, or am I making that up? Well, they yeah, they were the seven they, in the playoffs. So, like, Moon is not that far from Aliquippa. My wife grew up in Moon. It's like it's probably like a 10 to 15-minute drive. Is that A.Q. Shipley's? Uh... Yeah. Moon's a 5A school. Moon's produced some real athletic talent over the years. So is the implication people are made, and Moon is also considered a very good school district, like good place to raise a family, all that stuff. That kids are leaving Moon to go play at Eloquipa. Yes. That's what the last caller made it sound like. Why? Hold on here, though. Why would a kid... Well, I'm holding. Why would a kid go to play at Aliquippa where theoretically you might have a smaller roster, but you might have kids who are blocking you because you're they're really good and not just go play at Moon? Here's Randy on the fan. Hello, Randy. Hi, guys. Hey, um, coming from a different perspective... Um, I'm the superintendent of the Ball and School District, and, uh, and I really I'm so appreciate it. I'm sorry because Crap. Mulsey just ripped Baldwin about 20 minutes I, ago, Randy. I tried to take it that's, back, Randy. That's okay. You know what? I, I, I'm not calling to be argumentative, but, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about moving districts up and moving moving teams up, but yet we, we've been engaged in lots of conversations about, you know, what about schools that do struggle? And it's tough to build programs and – and kids are working their tails off, but yet just can't get that traction. And the WIPIO and, and other groups are, are just so hesitant to move anybody down. down. Like, so if, if schools are really struggling, and you, and, you know, how, how, how do you build it? So a, you don't like that it's a one-way program. street. It's only, it's only used to make teams play up when they're right. demolishing the competition and not the other way around. Right, so, right. so, so why couldn't there be a system Randy. that allowed – a little more portability. I, I agree with that in this sense, too. Can you Maybe you could tell me this. I would imagine you'd know. Did Butler not leave the Whippeal in football because they were worried about this exact thing? Even though they have, I think, either the highest or second highest school enrollment period, they were having such a hard time that they gave up football until they could figure out a way to try to get the program back on its feet. Well, they, they did leave the Whippeal. And in fact, you know, Dr. White uh, up there, he and I, have been we've been trying to organize something different. I mean, Brian's a great guy. Uh, and they did. They pulled out. They, they they worked on something different. But it's so hard. I mean, look where we would be. We would have to be traveling to Butler. We'd have to be traveling to West Virginia. Who are we playing? And and you can't get buses as it as it is. And so it, so that, it sounds like you disagree that, with what the Whippeals doing with Aliquippa, though, Randy. It sounds like from your vantage point, you're not a fan of it moving them up to five. Well, it, it it doesn't seem like it. I mean, all the ideas of transfers and so forth. I I don't know. That's that, that's a tough thing, but. I mean, if, if they're going to do that, if that's the right answer, then let's have a conversation about schools that are struggling. I have no, I have no and, real problem. With something else. All right, Randy. Randy, I got I got no real problem with that idea of moving a school down. If they get their sea legs and start doing very well in 5A, like in that example they would be doing, then move them back up if they have a program development. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Can always text us on the Edgar Slatter Associates fan text line. A lot of text coming in on the Aliquippa football discussion. Steelers and Ravens can't give that game short shrift here. And the implications for the Steelers is they get ready for a game. They probably have to win to make the playoffs and then keep their fingers crossed that things break their way on Sunday. Ray Fittipaldo, Post-Gazette, Steelers insider, back with us. Ray, let's just first get to everything that happened in practice today. Injury report is out. Minka's questionable. Alandon Roberts questionable. Both limited. Uh, there's no tomorrow, possibly, for the Steelers. Yeah. Would you expect both of them to at least suit up and try to play on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a playoff game, so um, you guys know Alandon Roberts by now. If there's any way that he can play, he will. Same with um, Minka. I mean, the guy broke his hand yeah. and had it wrapped up in a game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, it, maybe those guys are on a pitch count a little bit. You know, I, I you know, anytime you have a pec injury – and you come back after two weeks, I, you know, he's probably in danger of injuring that further, but I, I think he wants to play because the playoffs are on the line. And you said it about Minka, too. That guy's a gamer, and uh, if there's any way that he could be out there, he'll be out there as well. Ray, the weather forecast for Baltimore looks like a lot of rain and near-freezing temperatures, so it could get uh, ugly out there from a condition standpoint. Do you expect Mike Tomlin to kind of – adjust the offensive game plan appropriately or accordingly? Or do you think he's going to let Mason Rudolph still try to fill it up through the air a little bit? Well, I mean, Chris, they kind of came out and hammered the Seahawks early with that run game. And, yeah, Mason made some plays. But it's not like he's going out there and throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. I mean, he, he's making plays here and there, um, uh, you, know, when, you know, when the opportunities present themselves. But – you know, that running game, I, I thought, was really the biggest factor in why they, they won that game in Seattle. And um, I was down there in 2019, guys, almost an identical situation. Steelers needed to win. Robert Griffin III is playing. And it was a crappy, rainy uh, day, and the Steelers got their butts kicked. So um, I know everyone is saying, oh, Tyler Huntley, he's not any good, and, you know, the Steelers should win this game. Well, you know, the the Ravens are still playing for something. They're playing for guys like Tyler Huntley. Everyone else who suits up for that game is going to be gone 100%. No one's going to be given, um, you know, a half-ass effort. So, uh, you know, people putting this one in the win column already for the Steelers, um, I don't know about that. Maybe that's just because I was down there in 2019 and saw it with my own eyes, but this is not a gimme for the Steelers. Uh, what are the odds we see Kenny Pickett play in this game? I don't think very good. I, you know, I think Mason has the uh, confidence of the players. He's got the trust of the coaches. I think you guys saw that. Um, you know, the way that game ended by throwing to George Pickens. Yep. Um, you know, when 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 the game was on the line, everyone thought they were going to run the ball. He put it in Mason's hands, and he and George made a play. So um, this is Mason's game. Uh, if they're going to get to the playoffs, it's going to be because of Mason. If they get into the playoffs. Mason's going to play. You know, the only thing that's going to um, uh, force Kenny into the lineup is an injury, or if Mason goes out there and he's really, really bad. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't foresee the latter happen, happening. I, you know, I think he's 
he's in his zone now. He's playing really good football, and um, you know, I, I think he'll go out there and continue to play well. Right. I said to Chris at the beginning of the show, if this is the last we've seen Kenny Pickett this year, and he doesn't get on the field again Saturday or in the playoffs, so there's no like opportunity for him to redeem himself or show that he's still their number one quarterback. How do they, after benching him for this game, how do they just in the offseason go back to anointing him their starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers haven't been in this position before, but I'm sure other franchises have. I don't think it will be all that difficult. You know, we have to wait to see what but happens. Ray, how could they feel good about it? I mean, how could they feel like they could actually trust him to be their starting quarterback after well, the way the season ended? That's what the front office has to answer. So, you know, there's going to be a new OC next year. Um, For sure. We know the problem. I mean, 90% sure. Well, do you mean a so, new one in the sense that technically either Faulkner or Sullivan will get the job or somebody outside, uh, the, you know, currently not on staff will have the job? Yeah, I think somebody currently not on staff will get the job. And, like, the, the question is, like, they're not – he's not going to get a stronger arm, Okay. Can the new OC and the new quarterback coach, maybe Sullivan's back as a QB's coach, but can someone get Kenny Pickett to stand in the pocket and to make throws? Can they stop him from turning out all the time and, and running into pressure and all that stuff that really plagued the Steelers' offense for most of the season when he was in there? Um, can they teach him to, to read defenses better? Yeah, they could probably do that. But, you know, what Mason's doing now, it's just you're seeing a – a five- or six-year pro who's seen NFL defenses before. You know, he watches film. He's a pro. So he's got three or four more years of experience on Kenny. So I hand it to Mason for, for being a pro and being able to go in there and process. You know, Mason's always been a guy who's been willing to stand in there and take a hit to make a play. Look what he did. It got him into trouble in that Seattle game when Earl Thomas, you know, popped him. The Raven, that's the Ravens way he game. Plays. Or the Ravens game. I'm sorry, the Ravens but game. But that is an ex-Seahawk, so uh, yes. I understand no, how you I, got we, your... Yeah, understood the issue. Well, well, yeah, so, right. I mean, that, that's the way he is. So, um, you know, maybe we're just seeing the maturation uh, of a guy like Mason, and maybe Kenny Pickett's going to develop that over the uh, you know the next couple of years. But like I said, you have to count on the new OC and or the new quarterback coach to come in here and coach him up in a different manner than he's been coached because what he's done hasn't been good enough. Ray, what concerns me about what you just said is that Rudolph has half as many appearance starts in an NFL game as Pickett does. Like, I thought you always got better by, like, learning on the job. You know, you're out there actually taking taking snaps and facing the pressure. And so the fact that he's done this well with half as many career starts as Pickett is alarming, given what you said, and I agree with you, Pickett's actual issues are. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Mixon did play a lot early. He played a lot his second season – and, you know, then some stuff happened and, you know, they kind of lost faith in him for, for whatever reason. And I, you know, I, I think another part of this equation guys is he's just, he's playing with house money. This is a guy thought, you know, he might be working in commercial real estate in 2024. And here he you is. Feel, he's you got still the feel like that on Saturday. You still think it's a house money game for him? Right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think when you're, when you're this hot and you got that feeling and you're, you're in the zone like this, uh, yeah, I think he's going to go into the game with that feeling. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? It's the NFL. Anything can happen. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's still playing with house money. Uh, right now, if you had to relitigate the argument from the Steelers' season, is their offensive struggle more about quarterback or scheme? What would you say right now? I have to pick one of those? Yep. Scheme. 
still coordinator, even with thirty plus points, the last two yeah, games. But, yeah, but you're talking about the totality of the season, right? You're not just talking about what's happening now. Well, yeah, but I'm saying I know at least for me, Ray. I mean, I crushed Matt Canada and thought he was the worst offensive coordinator I've seen in my entire life. But his plays don't seem as bad with Mason Rudolph out there. <laughs> yeah, they as seem, they did seem with pretty good actually. Mitch Trubisky and Kenny yeah. Pickett. They are running the ball better. Look, guys, when, when you run the ball well, it makes everything so much simpler, not only for the quarterback, for the receivers. Um, you know, they're in more one-on-one coverage. Everything just, um, you know, unfolds in, in, in a better manner. When I don't you have disagree with that game. two-way street, Ray, where if you can hit them deep with throws like Rudolph has, it makes it easier to run oh. the ball well? Absolutely. It's a complimentary football game. I, I, I agree with you. 100%. I just don't think, and, and you can tell me if you disagree, I don't think they would have averaged 32 points in the last two games with Kenny as their quarterback. Uh, and I agree with that as well, but you asked me to pick one or the yeah, other. Yeah. No, I'm I know. Saying, yeah, I, I'm just saying overall, let's see how this looks, looks next year with the new OC. Kenny's probably going to be the guy again. Let's just see how it looks and give it one more year before we make any determinations you know, for the final time. Ray, to what degree has Mason Rudolph galvanized those guys offensively, like to be all for one, one for all? Because it sure looked like they were playing harder than I've seen all season in that Seattle game. You know, it, it kind of so- sounds like cliche when Mason, you know, talks about this type of stuff, but I, it's really true. Like, he has a lot of friends in that locker room, mm-hmm. and he said he would be a bad guy if he didn't after six years, and that's true to a certain extent, but there, there's been so much turnover within that locker room since, you know, since Omar came on. And uh, he does a really good job of that. I mean, he, he, he has, has friends on offense. He has friends on defense. He doesn't let any of this diva wide receiver stuff bother him. I mean, yep. he's got good relationships with, with 18 and 14. So um, he, he's done a really good job with that. I think, you know, for a quarterback, that's half the battle. When guys believe in you, they want to ha- you want to have their back. He, they want to have your back and, um, it's all working out right now, but that yeah, don't undersell that. Um, Mason's personality and the way he gets along with everyone is is a big factor in this too. Ray, if a quarterback comes from outside the organization this off season, and the three possible options are Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Michael Penix Jr., uh, who would have the best chance? to be a starters quarterback in 2024. And I did hear that audible groan. And I don't hear you do that audible groan with Starkey's free association at the end of segments, Ray. Uh, you got your fingers on the keyboard. You got that tweet coming. No matter who I pick, you're going to put it out there. <laughs> but here well, I go. You can preface it with very low percentage for any of the three. Or you can okay, say subject good. to change. We'll let you hedge however you want. Very good. You got the stenographer going on there. Okay. Uh, if I had to pick any of those three, um, oh God, if I had to pick any of those three, and it's not just because uh, it, it's not because I love Panics, but it's just because he's a rookie, and I think if they get a shot at him, like in the third round, oh, um, maybe they would pull the trigger. Man, I don't so, see him being. I don't think in the he'll last past the twenty-fifth pick or the twentieth pick, uh, Ray. Isn't he like twenty-six years old? He's old. Yes. Old. Well, Kenny yeah, was old. Kenny old. was old too. Justin Fields is younger than Kenny. All right, yeah. Ray. Good stuff. We appreciate it, man. All right, Thank guys. You. Have a good weekend. You I'll too. talk to you. Put him on the. Put him on the spot there. <laughs> that audible groan was unbelievable. <sighs> <laughs>
was like, remember when Cook was in his hotel room and they never yeah. turned the mic off? <laughs> <laughs> remember that one? I'm actually, I'm pretty sure there's a time I, I, I would have to text Matt Cole to see if it is safe <laughs> Ron, somewhere. You out terrible group. I'm pretty sure there, there was a time where Ron thought they were like in break. Yes. And they were still in the middle of a segment and he was like getting room service or something like delivered. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And he, like, went on and, like, answered the door and everything. <laughs> I mean, it's when Zeiss had, I mean, there was a time I believe Zeiss once ordered drive through when he was doing doing takes. Oh, yeah, there, there's some of that. Uh, I believe he ran out of gas one time, too. <laughs> if somebody looks at a porn site more than once, they get bombarded. My friend told me that. I yeah, wouldn't, friend I, I wouldn't you know that. about that. Is he buddies yeah. with Jason Whitlock? <laughs> Good line. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to take that low-hanging fruit. Tied up one loose end from the conversation with Fittipaldo. So I ran Matt Canada out of town. I was not alone in doing that. There was an angry mob of us that pretty much virtually everyone at the station participated in that. And so many of our listeners did too, where it was happening at Penguins games and there were cakes at Giant Eagle that said Fire Canada. I mean, it was everywhere. College game day, McAfee show, et cetera. I do think right now, just like we always critique these splits or divorces in sports, Brady looks better than Belichick because he won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, on mm. and on and on. These things happen. Mm-hmm. In the Steelers' divorce right now, Matt Canada could make the argument that if he had Mason Rudolph as his quarterback the entire year, he'd still have his job Wasn't because the... of what they've done in his offense. And I know. Didn't he want Kenny, though? Yes. Matt? No, I, mean, I I know, but like the time, the the sequencing of plays, the grouping of plays, the coupling of plays, when you go to a play, all of those things are hugely important. And Canada sucked at all those things. Mm-hmm. His actual playbook, though, seems like is it does working. It does seem like receivers are schemed open in this playbook. Yes. So, this is not my way of saying that I think he got a raw deal or you can give him half credit your plays aren't terrible your sequencing might have been yeah but it's just one of the things that we talked about when Kenny got anytime Kenny was injured while Canada was still here Mm -hmm. and it was iffy if he was going to play all right now we get a chance to see if another quarterback Mm -hmm. can operate this offense and do better and we'll figure out if it's more about the quarterback or for, or if it's more about the play caller. And we never thought that it would get to uh, Mason Rudolph before you actually found some interesting evidence on that front. Yeah. Do you know what I can't get past from Ray's interview now that we're just finishing up and tying up loose ends? Please. His answer about, like, Kenny moving forward with new coaches, did that not just, All things like, that seemed very, 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 very hard to do and hard to learn. Can yeah, you but figure like, out how to... No, the way he talked about him isn't the way you'd even talk about a guy who was your franchise quarterback, let alone a first-rounder. Can he stay in the pocket and not constantly spin into pressure? And can he learn how to read defenses better? Yeah, I mean, those Rudolph... damning indictments, Rudolph's man. done all those things, but it, it's taken almost five years but it's more trouble- for that to happen. I, you know what, though? But it's more troubling to me, especially the can he learn to read defenses, when that's all we ever heard was how hard he was studying and how like back and front he knew the film and everything, his playbook, 
presumably what defenses we're going to try to do I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that All there's that. always a ton of correlation between those two things. I don't think Ben was boning up on defenses around the clock and burning midnight oils. And he, his way of reading defenses was the ball got snapped, the defense reacted, and he found the open guy. Yeah, that's what I've said for a long time, why it frustrated me that people were so focused in on those things because they aren't tangible. You can't, you can't just say he studies so hard, here are the results, it always works. It doesn't always work. I mean, it clearly helps for like the guys that aren't in the top 1% of quarterbacks like Ben is all time. You know, if Jamarcus Russell had put, like, you know, even a little bit of work He in, had a lot of favorite plays on that blank DVD. Maybe he would have ended up being a decent quarterback. Probably not great. Like, it, a guy like Joe Burrow who isn't blessed with overwhelming physical gifts, I'm sure it has made Joe Burrow that much better. He's still a great processor, he though, is, man. He is. It's That answer from Ray has just stuck with me. He listed some very fundamental things that are wrong there. He also unequivocally said that he thinks that there's a new offensive coordinator next year. One of the things I meant to bring up, and I'm pretty sure you said this or someone else did already, the Tomlin clip with George Pickens at the end of the Seattle game, Mm -hmm. Sullivan's the offensive coordinator. There's no conversation there with Faulkner. Correct. He goes right to Sullivan. Yeah. So that's the guy we know just from that glimpse in. Is really the important, the most important person on with the day. biggest offensive play needs to be right. He goes to Sullivan and bypasses his uh, offensive coordinator in in title. His but, we, his weekday offensive coordinator. That's yeah. what Faulkner is. If man, again, every week is another proof of concept that this offense can work with this play caller arrangement in this quarterback. I do think they'd get to a point where they'd give. Sullivan a chance to be the full-time OC. Ray said he do- he doesn't think so. I think if they're going to be open-minded on Mason Rudolph, you'd extend the same uh, I actually way think- of thinking to their to their to their coaches. I think internally they like Faulkner more than him, though. But at what then you have to give Faulkner if you believe that like you would have to give Faulkner a crack at like calling the offense in the preseason at the very least to see how he does during a game. I also think that clip was just further reinforcement of what we all know already that Mike still he does get involved on the offensive side. He says this is can, the play that I want. Well, call you it. can you can specifically pick which play you like, but, but it better be I... but it better be a rhythm pass play. Yeah, you're right. Austin is on the fan. Hello, Austin. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. A mm-hmm. uh, couple things. First, obviously love the show. Second, Pony, I listen to podcasts every once in a while. And the Thank only you. thing I had to point – no problem. I love it. You know, I live, listen to it every once in a while during the week. But it seems like you get into it with Malsey more than you do with uh, – and it, the name slipped Danny my head. Parkins. The guy on the podcast. Yes. Danny, yes. It seems like you get into it argumentative-wise with Malsey way more. I have that more. effect on people, Austin. Well, you know Balsy's personality. Doesn't that make sense, Austin? It, it does. It does. Uh, I mean, he, you're both very argumentative in a fun and playful way, but it's definitely more, how do I put this, entertaining. I don't know if it's because I'm from Pittsburgh and I don't listen to well, Danny, Danny over there. Danny is know. also a high-level sports mind, and frankly, some of my Austin, arguments with Pony come from me Austin, just having to drag I'm, him into the gutter. Austin, I'm dropping that in the suggestion box. Argue more on podcast. <laughs> Duly noted. What do you got for us? Okay. The other things I had were, one, about the Aliquippa thing. I grew up in Hopewell, graduated from Hopewell, obviously really close with people in Aliquippa and the surrounding, you know, townships and everything. 
a couple of the callers, I think one said about transfers and one said about people from Moon going to... I was hypothesizing that, yeah, the Moon one, yes. I would find it... I mean, no disrespect to the Aliquippa area and Moon, but there's just a different level of thinking, like mentality-wise, from Moon to Aliquippa. Like, I just... I I would find it very, very hard to believe. I think you can say it in these terms, and I think you can can say it fairly, that when they rate these school districts, like, in terms of just... You know the best school districts in the in the area. It's always like Mount Lebanon, Upper St. Clair. I think Moon probably ranks higher than uh, Aliquippa does. Right. Like I think you can just say that without having to like say it any other way. And that's what people are saying. Like a lot of kids are going to school to still go to school. I've just I've I've never and I've lived here for a lot uh, for for not anywhere close to the amount of time you've been here. But this is the this is literally the first day. I've ever heard people make accusations that Aliquip was recruiting kids into their district and that's why their football team is as good as it is. I've never heard that until right now. I think parents too, like typically would want like the best conditions for a football, like a program, right? Like some programs have a lot more resources. Um, Mount Lebanon, you're central Catholics, right? Until this past year, Aliquippa's stadium was one of the biggest dumps <laughs> in the, I said, no, no you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. That's why they got a new one. Facilities-wise and everything else, you were taking a major step down from a lot of places. Even even Central Valley, once they combine those two high schools to make Central Valley, Mm -hmm. better facilities. Fred is next. Hello, Fred. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? We're good, thanks. I just want to let you know that um, I'm a high school principal. I worked in the WPIL for over 10 years, and everybody that's saying these people are transferring in, it's not happening. The process to transfer an athlete into your program is ridiculously difficult. The amount of paperwork that you have to go through is astronomic. And the fact that I've had people come to me and say, I've had to go to hearings at the WPIL for pe- just because of rumors that kids were transferring just to play football. But this and is a PIAA athletes- thing. This isn't a Whippeal thing, right? I mean, that it's a state decision. To move it, them up it's the, the same rules, though. It's the WPIL. Fred, Fred, can you answer uh, a question we're for all me? Governed under the, they're all governed under the PIA rule. Fred, I, want, I, I had a serious question because I brought it up in passing on the air, and I haven't gotten a really good answer yet. When I, I'm 38. When I was growing up, and even re, like pretty recently, the last 10 years or so, 10 years ago, I feel like it happened regularly where there were issues where a kid would get denied eligibility to play at a particular school because they'd say the transfer was made for athletic intent. When did that stop getting enforced Absolutely. to that degree? Because it doesn't seem like it gets enforced nearly as much anymore. It's still enforced because I had to go to court over it okay. at WPL hearing okay. because of it. And the thing is, the transferring school, the school that is losing the athlete, has to file the proper paperwork. So, so the if they guy don't want to lose the athlete, there, they're not going to file the paperwork, right? Can you say that again? I'm sorry. So if they're losing the athlete, they don't, and they don't want to lose the athlete because they think it's bogus, they just won't file the paperwork, correct? No, they should file the paperwork. Oh, okay, okay. They should file the paperwork and say, hey, we're losing this guy bogusly because the other school recruited him. There's nobody in the world going to Aliquippa. Gotcha. Thank you, Fred. I think that puts a bow on that pretty succinctly.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 